Would you please pray with me? Now, Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. So I heard the story of uh, a woman who lived a long time ago, but um, a very prim and proper woman, and she had a problem with passing gas. And since she came from a generation where you really didn't talk about those kind of things, she kept it to herself for the longest time, but eventually she decided she had to seek help. So she uh, decided she'd go to her family doctor. Well, she uh, went into the waiting room and filled out all the forms, and she'd waited about 20 minutes altogether before the doctor called her back, and he leaned back in his chair, and he you know, was ready to listen to her and what her problem was. And she said, well, doctor, she said, I have this very bad gas problem. Yesterday afternoon, I had lunch with the Secretary of State and his wife, and I had six, um, you know, gas emissions. And then just last week, I was having dinner with the governor and his wife, and I had five silent gas emissions. And then while sitting in your waiting room, I had, I had six more silent gas emissions. Doctor, you've got to help me. What can we do? Well, the doctor said, raising his voice just a little bit, I think the first thing we're going to have to do is address your hearing problem. (laughs) Wait for it. You'll get it eventually. We're in a sermon series about hearing God speak. And I think one of the problems many of us have is we think that the issues in our lives are to do with something other than our hearing, but actually... Many of our issues boil down to the fact that we don't know how to hear God speak. And so we've been looking at three different ways, or two so far, but one more today. The first one, of course, we're looking at how God speaks through his word. And hopefully you took home one of the little bookmarks we had, and you've started to read God's word each day. And if you haven't, still not too late to start. Begin reading God's word, because the primary way that God speaks to us, and the primary way we grow is by reading his word. His word is living and active. And then we looked last week at how God speaks through others. He speaks through the saints, doesn't he? He speaks through the church triumphant. That's those who have gone on to be with our Father in heaven. And we can look at their lives, people like Augustine, people like Calvin, people like Wesley, and so on. We can look at their lives, and God speaks to us through them, through the way they lived and through the words that they have written down. But he also speaks to us through his church militant. That's the people around us, be it the people in your life groups or the people you meet with one-on-one. God wants to speak to us through them if we're willing to listen. Well, today we're going to talk about hearing God speak by his Holy Spirit. And what we'll see is that he loves to speak by his Spirit, and this is how we often hear his voice when he literally speaks to us. And what we'll discover once again is that God is speaking. The question is, are we listening? God is speaking, but are we listening? So let's turn to our scripture passages for today. And let's begin with our gospel reading from John chapter 14. And what we'll see, first of all, is that God promises to speak. He promises to speak. Now take a look at this reading. It says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the helper, 
the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The context of this passage is really important. Jesus is teaching his disciples. He's got the 12. He's in the upper room. It's the day before he's about to go to the cross. It's Maundy Thursday. They just had the Last Supper, and he's giving them his final teachings before he's about to die. And you can imagine that as he's talking about the fact that he's going to die, they're probably pretty unsettled. They're wondering, well, what does that mean for us if you're going to die? Because they still haven't grasped that he's going to rise again. And so he teaches them about the good news of the Holy Spirit, that even though he's going to die, even though he's going to rise again and then leave them again through his ascension, he's going to send his Holy Spirit to be with them. They don't need to be afraid because this Holy Spirit will be a helper. It's the one who will help them. And in fact, he says it will help them do greater things than even he did. And what he means by that is that they're going to go out into the world into places he's never been. And they're going to do far more things than he did with his authority. Also, though, this, this helper is going to be the spirit of truth. He's going to guide them into truth. And he's going to do that by teaching them and by helping them remember what he said. The Holy Spirit is going to speak to them and teach them after he's gone. And we see that if you go home and read through the book of Acts, maybe you've done that already. I know many of the life groups have done that. You'll see that God speaks directly to the disciples, to the apostles at key points and key moments in their lives. We see it in Paul's life. We see it in Peter's life and so on and so forth. God speaks. And not only that, he brings his peace that passes all understanding to them because they know that he's with them. God promises he will speak, and he keeps his promise. Let's see what happens in Acts chapter 2. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, God doesn't just promise to speak. He delivers on his promises as he always do. Right here, the context of our passage is that, yes, Jesus has now ascended. So he died. He rose again. He ascended 40 days later. And then 10 days after that, we come to the great feast of Pentecost. And Peter, this man who was broken and ruined by his denial of Jesus, then is able to get up and stand up in front of thousands of people in Jerusalem. And he's able to speak by the power of the Spirit to them and to tell them how the Spirit is also going to speak through them as well if they choose to follow him. You see, because of Jesus' cross and because of his resurrection and ascension, the Holy Spirit is now able to come and dwell within each person who's a believer. In the Old Testament, and 
pre-Jesus ascension, what we see happen is that the Holy Spirit at particular times comes and indwells particular people. They're given specific power for specific missions and so on. But now the Holy Spirit can dwell within anyone who should come and choose to serve the Lord, someone who would follow him. He is available to them. And so God delivers. And he says that he's going to speak in all kinds of ways. He's going to speak through prophecies. He's going to speak through dreams. He's going to speak through visions. The Holy Spirit is going to be poured out. There'll be signs on earth and wonders as well. And we live in those last days that he's speaking about. You see, the last days begin when Jesus leaves, and they will end when he returns one day. We are in that place, and the Spirit is still speaking in this way. Well, our final reading comes from 1 Kings 19. Here we see that God literally speaks. We see what it's like when God speaks to someone in Scripture, a person who is filled with the Spirit for a particular purpose. The context here is that Elijah, who's this great prophet, one of the greatest prophets who ever lived, he has gone and taken on King Ahab. And Ahab was one of the many terrible kings that followed after David and Solomon. He was a terrible king who did awful things, who left the Lord and chose to worship Baal. And he had 450 prophets, uh, people, men who would help him worship Baal, this false god. And then he had 400 other prophets as well who would do the same thing. And so eventually Elijah calls them all together. He says, look, Ahab, bring all your prophets. We're going to see who the real God is. So they bring them all to Mount Carmel. And they get to Mount Carmel. And he says, all right, you kill your oxen, throw it on the fire. And then what I want you to do is I want you to call down, call on your your God Baal to bring fire for you because we're not going to start the fire ourselves. We're just going to see if your God really is powerful and if he can burn up this offering for you. So they start their chants, their incantations. They're even cutting themselves with swords to show just how, you know, how um, real they are about this, how sincere. And nothing happens. All morning passes. Noon passes. Nothing happens. And so Elijah says, get out of the way. I'm going to make my own offering on my own altar. He rebuilds the altar of the Lord. He puts it there, and he decides, you know, I'm going to up the, up, up the ante here. I'm going to dig a trench around this one, and I'm going to fill it with water, okay? And then I'm actually going to go and pour water all over the offering itself. I'm going to make it really hard for this to be set on fire. And then he says one prayer to the Lord, asking the Lord to demonstrate his power, that his glory would be shown. And immediately the Lord brings down fire from heaven, and the offering is consumed consumed. This incredible show of God's glory and power. And Ahab is shown that his gods are false gods. And then what do we see? Elijah runs away and hides in a cave. He's had this incredible experience with the Lord, the powerful God, and he gets one message from the king's wife, Ahab's wife, Jezreel. And she says, I'm going to kill you, basically. And so he decides, you know, I'm going to run away. Even though the Lord's called me to do a work, I'm going to go hide in a cave 40 days and 40 nights away, basically. And he travels away and he hides in this cave on a mountain. And what happens? Well, of course, God's everywhere. God's with him still. And so he asks him a question. And Elijah, in a sulk, he says, you know, he says, what are you doing here, Elijah? Uh, God says. And he says, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with a sword. And I, even I, only am left and they seek my life to take it away. I think he's annoyed with God. You ever been annoyed with God? I know I've been annoyed with God. And so God, in his grace, decides to give him a sign. 
and he brings by these three different things, doesn't he? Uh, the Lord passes by, and there's this great strong wind, tears the mountain, breaks it in pieces, but the Lord's not in the wind. And then the Lord sends an earthquake, and after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord's not in any of those things. And then after the fire, there's the sound of a low whisper passing by, and the Lord is in the whisper. That's where he is. God reveals himself, not by sending down fire from heaven, but this time by showing Elijah that he can even be in the smallest of things as well. He speaks to Elijah experientially by his spirit. He speaks audibly, and then he speaks experientially by his spirit. And then he speaks again to Elijah, who gives him the same reply, but is probably feeling a little bit more humble right now. God is speaking audibly and experientially. You know, in my experience of God's hearing God's voice, I've had a number of times in my life where I have heard him speak to me in that quiet but audible voice in my mind as he speaks. I remember one particular time I was in university and I was very involved in my church there. And I was becoming more and more devoted to following the Lord. And I remember, though, that I was also distracted, as you get in university, right? Many of you remember those days, how you get distracted, and so there's this constant tension going on in your life. And some people think, well, it's okay, you know, it's just college. You just sow your wild oats, right? And that's okay. It's not the Lord's plan for us, friends. He has a far better plan than sowing your wild oats or spending your time out, parting all the time at college. He had a better plan for me, and he was drawing me away from that other life that I could be following. And in the midst of that, I was making some bad choices, um, particularly in relationships. And I remember riding to church one day on my bike and then um, hearing the message that day and coming home as God on my bike again. I heard God speak as I was riding my bike home. It was about a three-mile ride. And he said to me, Jonathan, you've got to end that relationship. And I knew it was the Lord. And it was this real conviction by the Spirit. And so I went home and I did end the relationship. And guess what happened? The peace of the Holy Spirit filled me once again. Where I'd been in turmoil, his peace comes. You see, when God speaks and we obey, and of course, we have to begin with listening as well, right? When we listen and we hear God speak and then we obey, it brings his peace. It's only when we start to get out of that loop again that we start to be in places of turmoil. God speaks. He's spoken to me in all of the major events in my life, I would say, at every major crossing point in my life, he has spoken to me. When I moved to America, clearly gave me a word through his scripture about my call to come here. God is speaking. But how do we know it's him? As we come to a close, how do we know it's God? I think there's really a key word here, which is alignment. Alignment. I'm not talking about your car wheels. <laughs> I'm talking about three ways God's word or three things God's word needs to align with. The first, of course, is scripture. If God is speaking to you and it is not in accordance with what God says in his word, it's not God speaking, friends. He doesn't go contrary to his word. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is faithful throughout. It needs to be in alignment with his word. It also needs to be in alignment with reason. Is this a reasonable thing that God is asking you to do? And I'm not saying that doesn't discount miracles. I'm just saying that in accordance with his scripture, in accordance with what you have seen in your life so far, does this fit the circumstances and what he might be calling you to now? So God's reason. And then thirdly, tradition. And by that, I simply mean 
the inherited tradition of the church over 2,000 years. When God speaks, what he doesn't do is he doesn't say, well, this is a completely uh, different thing than the church would say that you should do, but I'm telling you to do this. No, he speaks within the community of the saints. And that's another place that we hear him speak, as we talked about last week, is through his saints. So is it in alignment with his word? Is it in alignment with reason? Is it in alignment with what other people might be saying to us as well? Godly people that we know and we trust. And then secondly, how do we hear the Holy Spirit? Well, it's all about having the right reception, right? In my house, I have a digital television. And I'm a bit of a cheapskate, so I don't want to have cable, okay? And, uh, and so I bought one of those flat aerial things that you put up in your, in your house, right? And you just plug it into the back of the TV, and you can pick up about 20 or so free channels. So I plugged it in, and I put it up. And, you know, I get about half the channels, right? But I don't always get all the channels at the right time and so on and so forth. And so it's, it was frustrating. And I lived that way for about two or three years. And then eventually what I decided was, you know what? I'm going to get one of those good aerials. I'm going to put it up somewhere up high in the house, Okay, and then maybe I'll pick up all of the channels. So I do that. I put up this big aerial, and now I get every channel possible, digital, okay? Because my television now is ready to receive all that's being offered out there. It takes some work to do that, right? And it's the same with us. It takes work for us to be receptive to hear God's Spirit. Don't expect to hear Him speak if you don't spend time in His Word. Don't expect to hear him speak if you don't spend time in prayer. Don't expect to hear him speak if you don't spend time in fellowship with other Christians talking about him and talking about his word. We have to lay the groundwork in order to be prepared to hear him speak, in order to be ready to receive what he has to say. God is speaking, but are we listening? So are you ready to try? Are you ready to try? We, I have a challenge for you, okay? I have a challenge. So we have right here, would you take out of your announcement sheet? You should have a little, um, can I borrow yours, Paul? Take that one, thank you. Listening to God in prayer, okay? I have a challenge for you this week. It's gonna be a little unusual for some of you because you will have never done anything like any of these three things. Some of you have, and that's fine, but some of you have never done that. This week, I want you to try one of these things. These are ways, just tools. They're not the only way, trust me but they are ways that you can hear God speak. And what I would also say is that sometimes it takes more than one try. You gotta keep trying these over and over again. These are disciplines that the saints have done for thousands of years, and the saints are still doing today as well. It's tools that you can use to hear God's voice as you come before him. And don't be surprised if he speaks. And you might be a little shocked. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Even though Jonathan said, God's speaking. Am I listening? Because some of you have never listened to hear God's voice. We're so busy. We're so consumed with everything else. In fact, the last thing we want to do is to have silence in our lives because we're worried about what we might hear. But the good news about the Lord is that he never shames us. He never condemns us. He only speaks life and truth over us, his people, friends. Don't be afraid to try this. This is your challenge. Take it home. Try one. And then I want you to email me and tell me what happened, whether it was nothing or whether you just heard a simple word from the Lord, whatever it was. I just want you to go home, email me, jonathan at holycross.net, and tell me what happened. I would love to come next week and have 100 stories of what happened as people sought to listen to the Lord. So there's your, your challenge for this week, okay? Take it. Remember, 
God is speaking. The question is, are we listening? Are we ready to listen? Because I think we'll be surprised at what we hear. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. We need you. And we long to hear you speak. Would you come and give us the, um, just the ability to take a chance this week and to sit down and take time to listen and to hear you speak and to hear what you might be saying to us in our lives? Lord, we long to be people who are guided by you and led by you and not by our own thoughts or agendas. And Lord, what I've come to realize is that unless I set that time apart each day to be guided by your will, there's no way that I'm going to be able to know what you would have me do. So Lord, would you lead us and guide us? Would you speak through your word? Would you speak through others? And would you speak directly by your spirit into our lives? Help us to be a people who are shaped by your word, shaped by other believers, and shaped by your Holy Spirit speaking into our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.